0: I'm also, indifferent. also, the idea that people mm. eat oatmeal.
1: Okay, we are recording. I don't you care. can it's talk disgusting. about oatmeal later.
2: Whatever. <laughs> Lead us into an oatmeal conversation. Uh, no, no. We
1: absolutely not.
2: <sighs> Just psychos. Might as well be called goat meal, because it's the best meal there is.
1: Oh my god, sometimes I want to kill you all. <laughs> Guys, you already know there is only one place you can get a true Colorado Bojo's. mountain pie. That one place just so happens to be my favorite locally owned pizza joint, which, as Brendan said, it is Bojo's. Bojo's.
2: Honey uh, we w- spoons. Honey spoons. <laughs> it's a chant
3: I feel is going to catch on. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> it's
0: that not. One. It's going to be hard to catch on when we're all dead after Ellie <laughs> murders us.
3: <laughs> also true.
1: You guys are on one today speaking of being cruel and torturing me like you guys are doing now on thursday we went to bojo's last week and ryan and brendan had a chance to try the honey cheese bread and it was honestly cruel how much they were enjoying it in front of me who i can't have oh, cheese like you couldn't mm. have it because
4: of the cheese <laughs> wow, that must have been t- i really like the cheese, which is <laughs>
2: cheese the cheese is a great addition to the honey and the bread it it's actually honey cheese and bread, is what the honey cheese bread is, and it's delicious.
3: The main attraction, really, when you think about it. We're such terrible people. ollie has is, has been stuck with the worst friends ever.
1: Anyways, I had as always my cheeseless pizza, and to all you haters out there, Lindsay tried my cheeseless pizza, and she said it tasted exactly like regular pizza. So that she didn't really stuff? miss. Yeah, Man, you Lizzie's know he's a good friend. <laughs> you know what? It sorry. mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an Andre at all locations. Don't forget to mention DNVR and you will get a free honey cheese bread.
3: Did you I'm have sorry, just honey? Ali. Did you have just the honey bread. Did you have just bread? You got AJ's
1: <laughs> like close to tears
3: right now. I always, okay, so I I have to admit something to you because I feel super terrible about. out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across
0: the
2: timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis God. He has done it again. Vaughn
0: Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dumped two hands. Nikola Jokic. Saved me by Grubauer with the
3: left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You will see it from long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders, got it, oh man, that's from
1: the one and only breckenridge brewery speaking oh there we go amazing sound speaking of amazing things i saw they recently released a nitro raspberry vanilla porter jr what i am gonna have to go check out their beer locator
3: can you say all those words in that
2: order again please
1: oh yeah (laughs) nitro raspberry vanilla porter jr
2: I kind of wish they also put the junior, in, junior <laughs> in there because then it just makes it so many words. <laughs> just the can is. Just
3: <laughs> I gotta. Um. Welcome to my life, Raspberry Vanilla Porter. <laughs> I haven't had one yet, but I will give a full review on next week's pod.
2: Exactly. That's when Michael Porter Jr. falls down and loses a little bit of skin off a his raspberry. elbow. Oh, mm. It's a raspberry, Michael Porter Jr. Not even
4: jokes about minor injuries for Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> or anyone.
1: As you guys can probably tell, with me today is Ryan Konigsberg, Brendan Vogt, Drew Creaseman, and A.J. Haifley. Um, Speaking of injuries, we are going to no. just dive right... And maybe Stop. it'll calm you all down. <laughs> it's unlikely. We are going to jump into the injury bug that has once again hit the Avs, the latest being... Miko Rantanen, the big moose, he left Monday's game with an upper body injury and it is being reported that he will be out for several weeks. AJ, how big of a loss is this?
0: Uh, it's not a big deal.
5: Love it. What? <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be, oh. they'll be
0: fine. Don't worry about it.
5: Are you, you're being sincere?
0: Yeah. It's so, fine. Doesn't matter that he was getting going and that he was uh, he was getting back to the elite player that we had seen the last couple of years. They'll be fine. They'll <laughs> be they they will they will find a way.
4: I honestly can't tell if you're being
2: sincere. Right <laughs> now. This is messing
3: with me yeah. so bad, right? They'll now. be fine.
2: Don't worry about them.
1: Um. Okay. Well, then. Do you
2: think it t- matters that they also don't have Kadri? Yeah. Grubauer, Grubauer. Matt
1: Calvert. They'll be
3: fine.
2: Colin so, Wilson. So, so. They got this. Oh, oh, Colin.
0: <laughs> now they miss Colin Wilson? <laughs>
3: So Who is Colin Wilson? Four months later. <laughs> I've literally never seen him play hockey. It's okay. He's off crutches <laughs> you, now, you so did. we can you ask have, about you him. Did I? at the
1: beginning. Okay. But the very, very
3: beginning. Okay.
4: What is the crux of this this stance you're at here? Is it if they're healthy in the playoffs, they're fine?
0: No, because they've got Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon is having the best season he may ever have, and as long as that guy's healthy, the Avs are going to be good. And that's just all there is to it. He's going to put everybody on his back, and he just refuses – to go quietly into the good night. He won't do it. As long as Nathan McKinnon is there, as long and especially if Cale is riding a the shotgun, they're gonna be fine.
1: But with all of these injuries, making a move at the deadline has definitely become more prevalent. Yeah. Do you what do you think they'll do? Uh
0: I think I think that they were gonna probably do something anyway. They'll probably do the exact same thing that they were gonna do at a top six forward. Maybe pay a little bit more of a premium to get the one that they really want now. And go from there.
1: What about a goaltender?
0: I don't think they'll add a goalie. Um, if they do, it'll be short term, super cheap backup. He may play five games, and that's the <laughs> five games would be a lot. I was yeah. going to say that sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, it would be a lot. They've got twenty four games left, so uh, if he, you know, who they trade for some rando backup and he plays a fifth of them, that would be quite a bit. So. I, I really I don't think they'll do too much in that area. I don't think they need to. Uh, if you can't trust your backup for a week or two weeks, then why did you trust him to be your backup in the first place? It's just it's, it's the, the, the combination of the trade deadline and multiple injuries has everybody kind of panicky right now. But you either, you either believe in your process or you don't. And right now the Avs need to believe that the team that they built is good and it's legitimately deep. And it can handle this. And if and if they don't believe that, and they do a bunch of panicky stuff, and they try and try and buoy it, and they bring a bunch of new guys into the locker room, it, maybe it works, and maybe it doesn't. You you really have no idea. You have you can't have any confidence either way that it's going to go one way or the other. You're you're throwing Jello at the wall to see what sticks at that point. And when you're 60 games into the season, it's not a great way to be. It's bad business. Stick to stick to the guys you know. Stick to the process. Stick to your program. Believe in what you do. Because if you don't, then why are you doing it?
2: The Avs have this magic where anytime a guy makes his first start, it's always really good. They should just call up random dudes, just one game at a time. You've debuted this theory before. <laughs> I like AG's it.
5: laugh. Sure. <laughs>
0: why not? I mean, they.
2: If you only need five games, just give five
0: dudes. You've got. Uh, Boy, they're I mean, Adam Werner already had the magic. That's Antoine true. Bebo had the magic, and then got hurt. They really all they've got is Hunter Misko. and then I guess they could give Mason McDonald a, a contract and let him get lit up. But that's the guy who shows weird. up
2: at every game as an emergency goalie, throw him in there for one game.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, you got to pick the right opponent. So yeah. Next time, the, next time they play the Red Wings, I guess you <laughs> <laughs> even the playing field by not playing a goaltender. Nice little
1: Ooh, shot. Ooh, just pull
2: the goalie for a whole game. Yeah,
0: just. I mean they're only gonna have like ten or twelve shots anyway, so <laughs>
2: it's
0: fine,
1: well, the AVs managed to get at least a point Monday night, but they did fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning who had been on a or t- are on a ten game win streak eleven now eleven game win streak. <sighs> the fact they Good were down three one and were able to come back with big goals from Nathan McKinnon and Valnachushkin.
0: And Tampa Bay scored two goals that they didn't deserve, and Colorado gave him just gave him two freebies, and that makes life really difficult against an elite team. Um, so Colorado kind of put themselves in the position, and then had to work their way out of it. And it was it was nice to see that they could, because the them coming back on teams has been a rarity this year. Uh, but they did it, and it was competitive, and they probably should have won in overtime. But their backup
4: was better than Colorado's backup, and. Life is hard when it comes to overtime success or lack thereof. Is that a stylistic thing or is there a certain type of roster construction and play style that's not conducive to overtime or is that just the way the puck bounces?
0: Colorado's play style should be the best in the NHL in overtime. They're super fast and they exploit space better than anybody. They're just not a smart enough hockey team to do it. Their like their hockey their hockey, like their hockey IQ in general is low. They make poor decisions. We could go back and we could break down overtime from last night, and I could show you this was a bad decision. This 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 mm-hmm. this, and they wouldn't have been bad decisions in regular games, but in three on three, you have to understand and to be able to have that heightened awareness, that heightened understanding of how the game is played. It's just hockey smarts, and the abs are low on it. One of my favorite as a thing, team.
2: One of my favorite things about the abs being bad at three on three hockey is that it doesn't exist in the playoffs.
0: Right. You don't ever have to worry about it. Teams like Dallas and St. Louis right now that have gotten very fat off of overtime wins and just getting to overtime in general, they're going to get to the postseason and they're going to have to do it at 5v5, and it's going to be a punch to the face.
4: I have a question, unless this blows up Allie's kind of rundown or structure here or timing. I don't know, it's your podcast. Um
1: <laughs> sometimes it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> from, the,
4: from the NBA perspective, come deadline time. I know, okay, maybe my my favorite team's gonna be Quiet. But there are teams I'm monitoring, right? I hope either Los Angeles team or either Houston team does not get significantly better, does not make deal X, Y, or Z. Is there a deal if you're an ABS fan that an opposing team might make that you're sort of crossing your fingers or holding your breath does not happen.
0: Yeah, you don't want the guys that you're going after to end up in the Central Division. I mean, uh St. Louis traded for a defenseman today, which cool story. Like they right. didn't they they didn't really need one and they went out and they got a bad oh. one who's not very good so and that just sort of upset like you. okay. <laughs> so like like if Nathan McKinnon's flying down the wing and Marco Scandello's in his way, I'm probably giggling because that's hilarious. So
4: not like a needle-moving move. Yeah, but not going to – It's But it's a like team, depth. you're like, dang, they can't get better at the deadline or the Avs are in trouble. It's really
0: St. Louis and Dallas like okay. because the West is so down this year. Uh, if those teams make a big splash and both are known to do that, they both have aggressive GMs that sense the moment, especially St. Louis, uh, but they've made all their moves. They're out of space. They're out of picks. They're out of prospects. Mm. They're out of cap space. They can't – if they were to go out and they were to make the big move for Chris Kreider, I just don't know how they would do it without giving somebody up off their NHL roster. Where they're not necessarily getting better, they're just getting different. Yeah. And with Dallas, the Dallas Phillies has, are really good at that.
3: Yeah, they are very good at that. <laughs> I they're call them, that the, the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, and like the,
0: the Stars have been like that a lot too. They've yeah. won a lot of off-season awards and not a lot of <laughs> in-season right. games. Yeah. And they, the you know, the Stars are just sort of. They stand out because Colorado lost all four games against them this year, but two two of which were in overtime and the other ones were in like November. and mm-hmm. you're like, once you get to the playoffs like, How much stock do you put into that. Whoa, this game happened five months ago before everybody figured out sure. who they were, like, mm-hmm. I don't. And it's I just I, I think that those are two teams that are living in a bubble, but they can't get much better. Because if they do and they have stand Pat, then there will be separation. Because right now, I think all three teams are pretty similarly talented. They're just very different. Mm. And Colorado has made a move, I think, 19 straight years at the deadline. So, like, they'll do something. Mm. But will they do a big something? I think that the injuries probably will push them a little harder to it. Because unlike unlike a fan perspective, which is like, don't blow up the future, not the precious future. The GMs are trying to the GMs are trying to <laughs> win championships today. Right. They the built beach. a team for this year for oh a God. reason.
4: Oh, you have a way with words, AJ.
0: And and like and I think that you have to respect that the all of the work that these players have put into this season, you need to respect that as a GM and that you need to do something to try and get better you need to try and and push them over the line it energizes the team when they do something you know even if it doesn't work out because trade deadline moves historically don't move the needle very much you're talking about you get a guy for 20 games like
4: small impact This is interesting. So you're saying by making a trade, the front office might be saying, hey, we believe it. Exactly. That's what it it, it 100% has that effect on a team
0: where it's not saying, hey, we don't think you're good enough. It's saying we think you're good enough and we just went and got you some help.
4: So let's go and get it done.
0: Exactly. And Colorado has all the cap space, all the draft capital, and all the prospects to do literally any move they want. They could do anything they want in the NHL. There isn't a single deal or player that a team would be willing to trade that Colorado would not have the assets to go out and get. It's just a matter of what they want to do. Mm. So this is the first this is the first real deadline where we're gonna see. You know, Joe Sackick has shown an affinity in making deals, smart deals. He's won a lot of trades recently, but can he do it with kind of his back against the wall in a big moment? And not on July 1st when everybody feels good about themselves. And, yeah. you know, they, they all have that life coach encouraging them and telling them that they're a special snowflake. Can you do it at the deadline when nobody has your back? When everybody's out to get you? When, when the other teams are trying to get involved in trade negotiations to drive your price up? Right. right. Yeah, You know, when, when all of the all of the awful GMing things that go on are taking place. Can he do that? Because the deadline is the one area where he has consistently failed as a general manager both buying and selling. If he makes this if he does this correctly this year, they have a legitimate cup chance. If he doesn't if he doesn't then he's going to make life hard.
4: Yes or no, standing still is that a failure in your eyes? It is. Okay.
0: Standing doing absolutely nothing is a failure in my eyes. You have a good hockey team. The West is very vulnerable. You have all the assets in the world. If you've built up all these assets and you're not going to realistically make use of them, Not every single prospect that you have is going to turn into an NHL player. Trust your scouting. Trust your process. Take advantage of dumb teams because there's a lot of them out there. (laughs) Don't be one of them. And go get you the guy that's going to get you a cup.
1: Avs take on the Islanders on Wednesday. They have (sighs) very similar record. The Islanders are 33-19-6. The Avs are 33-18-7. What are a few things you are expecting to see from this tough matchup?
0: Well, they had the one nothing game uh, on the island earlier this year. Uh, I would expect that if Varley plays again, that he's going to come in highly motivated. Yeah. Um, The Islanders are a tough stylistic matchup for Colorado these days. Barry Trotz has their number a little bit. Um, It's just – it's low event. Yeah. It'll either be low event or it'll get away from the Islanders because if, if the Islanders get down 3 nothing, they're not coming back. They They have to keep the games low scoring. They have the ability to score a bunch of goals – maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. But if if Colorado gets to that magic number of three, they should win the game. If they don't, then you have a real goaltending problem.
1: All right. I want to touch base on the events that happened on Saturday. I want to premise it with, um, I know there, was, there were a good amount of people who had a great time on Saturday, even though the Avs did lose to the Kings 3-1. Um, really the story of the night were the issues that fans had at um the Air Force Academy. AJ, you were there from everything we've read on social media, articles, all of that it really seemed like any fans worst nightmare.
2: It was really
0: poorly run. Yeah. And anybody anybody that uh there were a lot of people that got lucky. Got great had great experiences. And got the good break. There were a lot of people that didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Traffic was a huge problem. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that people needed to leave earlier. Because traffic wasn't a problem on I-25. Traffic was a problem. Exiting I-25 at Northgate. And the three miles from the exit to the stadium was the problem. Yeah, It was not getting to those three miles. It was getting through them. There were people who spent two and a half hours sitting there to go those 3 miles. There were people who parked at various establishments nearby and walked. Yeah. Because it was faster. That's insane.
1: Yeah, I mean people were stuck there, in parking lots. There were not parking attendants hours, yeah. to
0: to to take to 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 control everything. The people who were there didn't know very much. Uh, I experienced that part of it firsthand because I was like, "Hey, where am I supposed to be going?" I knew where I was supposed to be going, but I was curious if they did and they did not they were not able to guide me in any meaningful way if i hadn't gone down the day before and done my research and done my homework on where to be it would have been a nightmare for me and it ended up being pretty easy because again i I went the day before yeah i would imagine that forty thousand or so people did not have that luxury to just wander on down the day before and check it all out um inside the stadium assume traffic wasn't an issue you got inside the stadium the merchandise lines were really long. They sold out of almost everything very, very quickly. Um, beer, beer, hot dogs, and pizza all sold out. It's a nightmare. So those are like your three staples at sporting events? Yeah. I
4: go to sporting events. Right. To pay too much for beer, hot dogs, and whatever the third thing was. The,
0: people, the, the people who were standing in lines um, missed huge portions of the game. Um, the concession stands were spilling over into the stands. They spilled over into the bathroom lines. There weren't enough bathroom facilities on site for forty-four thousand people. They, I believe, the the final count was thirty-six porta potties that they brought in for forty-four 000 people. thousand people. And I mean, even even in the press area, I didn't talk about this in my article that I wrote about it. But even the press area, we had one bathroom. Uh, they didn't have enough dumpsters on site to handle the amount of trash that was getting hauled out of concession stands. So there's just huge piles of trash just in walkways.
2: That's rough. That's it rough.
0: was it I mean it it, it was the Pe- most poorly run and organized event I've ever attended in my life and I've only been to a few thousand sporting events. Right. <laughs> People so, in the front
3: row with the best seats couldn't see the game.
4: And that's look, is that a stadium series thing? Is that's that a that's the- that is
0: an outdoor hockey game thing. Uh. I just don't feel bad for those people. Fair like enough. you know, like I feel bad that hey, if those are the only tickets that you can get, and they happen to be three hundred and fifty dollars, and all you can see are the tops of heads skating around, that sucks. Yeah, like that's just don't go at that point. But yeah. like, you they to an only event like that? they only sell those tickets because people will buy them. Right. Like they are bad seats. <laughs> But people will buy them.
4: So far, every stadium series event is like that, right? Yeah. So far away from
0: the You are right. so
1: far away from I'm, the mic. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> Apologize at this. to the people yeah. if you're a little low. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's really like you sit that close and it's very difficult to see. The sight lines yeah. are not gonna be good. They don't have a solution for that's, that yet. But that's that goes to your whole point, sympathy, right? They
3: like, they seem to have I mean the headline of your piece was dead on. They forgot that this was supposed to be for the fans. Right.
0: It's supposed to be some it's supposed to be an experience for the fans. And like well, it was over, an experience, buddy. The, the, the flyovers <laughs> were cool, and the concert was uh, whatever. I'm afraid to call Sam Hunt country music because country music got fans weird have been now. attacking me about that. <laughs> it got really so weird. So Sam, Sam Hunt is a musician <laughs> who played music. <laughs> he played and some music. It, it was it was a thing that happened. <laughs> and, like, like, the fireworks were cool, and, like, there were a lot of cool elements to it that made it, like, the in-game experience was very enjoyable for, say, me. I had a great time for, for what I was there to do. I thought it was great, but I also had inherent advantages that 40,000 people did not.
1: Um, My whole thing with this would be the fact that there's so many people out there being like, well, you should have planned in advance. Like that's just the way a game is like, get used to it. And it's just like, it, it really isn't that way. The advances that so many stadiums all around the country have made. There's reason why at the Broncos stadium, the food line is the way it is because they've learned all of these procedures, traffic, all of that. So it is, it's surprising to experience that for any fan, the people who had a great time that is fantastic and uh, at least some people yeah and that's
0: awesome like those people got the memories they paid for yeah
1: don't be like well you should have done your research like uh, just a lot of people are just going to enjoy the game if you would have gone if this game would have been hosted at mile high at course field which it has been at course field before then you wouldn't have expected all of this stuff because that's just not the way in 2020 the way stadiums are run the way that we have to experience that's not the fan right. experience anymore so if it was back then okay but you can't just say like oh everyone should have prepared for this it's the people who didn't prepare it's their fault yeah no. yeah focusing on the focusing
0: me. on the traffic aspect of it loses the point that there were not ushers that there were there there were people in wheelchairs that had to wheel their way through mud and ice and snow just to just to get to the gate Yeah, it's like what the hell is that they just they sent such a message that they just didn't care
4: and there weren't people there wasn't people directing traffic right out of these lots there were
0: there's a there's a video that one of my friends sent me that that he took from his car of a dude in a mckinnon jersey who hopped out of the car and started directing traffic himself
4: and to be clear if you had a great time that's good that's a good thing and good for you but
2: not everyone did here's <clears throat> There's a one whole of the, lot of people that didn't. Here's one of my issues with the people saying, like, well, I had a good time. It's like a lot of people are saying, like, do some planning, like, leave a little earlier. And it's like people left the Denver area at 3.30. Yeah. yeah. They that planned. is three and a half hours before the game. It's like I know for a fact that if I was in town and I was going to that game, there is no way I would have left more than three and a half hours before the game. Because you're like, OK, we'll get down there you know, at at least an hour and a half before the game, be able to go check out the stuff. It's like, and that's just me. Not to mention people who, maybe their kids had games in the morning. It's not like everyone can just drop everything and be like, oh, I need to leave for the stadium series eight hours before it starts to properly get there. They said
0: leave early, plan ahead. People were leaving four and five hours early and getting there at puck drop. And, and like or a bunch of people misparked. And, and the signage, the signage wasn't there. So like that North Gate exit, you know, the emails were saying, "Hey, go to the South Gate because everybody was coming from Denver," so everybody was going to the North Gate. The signage on North Gate did not specifically say it's a two-lane exit, so a lot of people just sat there in one lane, not knowing until they got up there and the second lane's not even getting used.
3: Yeah. It's classic whataboutism. It's a massive pet peeve of mine and we'll dig into it deeper later when we get there but just because you can always point to somebody else who could have done something better maybe even if it was a valid argument and it's not that people should have been better prepared to be at the stadium series that takes zero of the blame off of the nhl and the air force for not being prepared zero right i can blame both if that if it's true it's not so it's 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 they're trying to distract I mean, from the issue, but it's what about like, what about the people that it doesn't matter? That is not the, the point of conversation. Right. The NHL invalidate should be embarrassed. The experiences
0: of the people who That's had a right. great
3: time. It,
0: uh, leaving earlier also doesn't magically make there be parking lot attendance. It doesn't right. magically make it so that they don't run out of beer. It doesn't magically make it so that people aren't standing in a bathroom line for an hour and a half. Right. Like that. It, leaving earlier doesn't solve anything except
3: you got there congrats a poorly run event is a poorly run event and it was this was about as bad as it's going to get the, yeah. the it's a, flyover it was, a it was a mess
1: there was a camera on the flyover for fans to Ugh. have a chance to see what it is like during that flyover up from the planes which was really cool feature but on it you can just see at that was right about at puck drop the traffic to yeah. get into the stadium the all accidental of the red
0: self-owned that that turned into I was like you can't seriously be posting this thinking I mean it was
1: a cool video like but
0: it was but it was like look, what's your takeaway it's not oh hey look dope stadium it's wow look at all these lines of cars
2: it reminded me of the mm. of the video that gets circulated every year of la traffic during the holidays yeah during
0: Thanksgiving yes yes exactly it was like we the- were just
2: like what is this? I might have to actually post that next year and say, "Look at this! <laughs> look at this view of the LA traffic and during Thanksgiving." <laughs> and it's from the game. Yeah, um, I just oh. feel really bad for the people who had to deal with that. Like again, c- if you had a seamless, amazing time, like good for you. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Uh, I, like, that's no one's am-
1: saying that in a way like, "Oh, good for you." No, that's right. fantastic. We're it's happy what, that you what, were able to you do paid that. For. Yeah,
2: that's what we hoped had happened for everyone. Everyone. But the thing is, is like I. I'm putting myself in those shoes. It's like, man, it was what it was no less than a hundred bucks to get in no matter what. Right. So now you're talking 200 bucks to go, uh, with, with whoever, then you get stuck in all that traffic. You miss puck drop. You are already in a bad mood for sitting in four hours of traffic. Um, you know, whatever you have a poor experience trying to get concessions or anything like that. You're probably hungry because you've been on the road for four hours. Um, and then not to mention, You got to get right back on the road and do the whole thing all over again after the game or the people who couldn't get Ubers out of there. It's like, even if it was 70% had an amazing time and 30% had to deal with this nightmare, it's like, that's, that is the story that there was this like sporting event nightmare for thousands of people. Yeah. Why is it okay
0: if 10,000 people had the worst sporting experience of their life? Right. Like, why is that okay? And how how would that not be a story? That's a story. You're not going to please everybody. Like, then that's just the nature of anything in life. But thousands and thousands of people did not have a great time.
2: And the people who are like, where are you getting this number of thousands? Like, all of the cars, the math—that's where yes. we're getting it. <laughs> from the.
3: <laughs>
0: the that's people who waited peop-
1: two and a half hours to get out of a parking lot right, the alone. People,
0: the people, who waited an hour and a half in line for for a beer that, and they ended up being sold out of.
2: And again, to the people saying, uh, I saw some people saying, like, ask anyone who's been to a fireworks game at the Rockies, like, what the traffic was. It's like Mm-mm. maybe okay, ask maybe me. fifty <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. Like yeah. five minutes to get it out gets, of course—that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. This, that's something you plan for when you leave a massive sporting event. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between 45 minutes and two and a half hours. At the end yes. of the day,
4: people planning these events, leagues playing these events, have to weigh them against the newfound convenience of watching these games at home. Mm. Of that, life, yeah. That's a great ticket. That's yeah. a great seat on my couch with a TV. So but I, I want to go to your event, right? And, As a sports and, fan, you want to go, but make that worth my time. And
2: this one was one of the rare things where it's – that much, it, it's supposed to be that much better to be there in person, right? Because how rare do you get an outdoor hockey game? That's the allure yeah. of this entire thing exactly. is, oh, my God, I get to go <clears throat> see a hockey game outdoors. It's not that much cooler on TV. In fact, it's probably a worse product on TV because the game's a little slower and that sort of stuff. But this is supposed to be one of those things that's like it's all built. It's supposed to all be built for the in-person experience of seeing right. a hockey game outside. Right.
0: And it's awesome to, to go to a hockey game with 40,000 people. You Normally, you're there with 18,000. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God, there's so many people here to watch hockey. Like, it's hockey. This is the United States. <laughs> like, this is a super cool thing for hockey nerds who want this to go well. And it just didn't.
1: This experience definitely seems like, honestly, everyone's, like, every sports fan's hell. And anyone who's listening to this who had an experience like that. We're sorry. (laughs) But, again, it was the story of that game, really. So we had to talk about it. AJ had to write an article about it because, really, that was just the experience. And apparently
3: everyone in the world had to read that article, (laughs) (laughs) which I appreciated.
1: Do you have anything else to say on the stadium series?
2: You know what I'm going to say. Should have been at Folsom. Should have been at Folsom. (laughs) Hashtag. Honestly, I had that take before this fiasco, before I even knew it was going to be a fiasco. That was just me selfishly loving Folsom and making a meme out of it but the next one should actually be at Folsom.
3: there are at least two highways in and out of boulder <laughs>
2: well, and you could take south boulder road you could take baseline you could take a i don't want this to be like a us you know trying to dunk on the academy or colorado springs in any way in no to me, way i kind of feel about it the way and i don't mean this to be an insult sometimes a player's playing and they get you you know they aren't let's say you put out like a third string corner and i
3: I love this analogy already. This is going to be phenomenal. And they get burned.
2: It's like, don't be mad at that guy because he, was put in, he wasn't he was put in a position to succeed. Yeah. And that's the way I kind of feel about the academy in this situation. It's like, I don't think they were put in a position to succeed. I don't think they're built to handle this sort of event. And they're obviously not going to turn down the opportunity because at first sight, you're like, wow, this is going to be incredible. We're going to bring a ton of people into the springs. We're going to sell a bunch of concessions and all that sort of stuff. So I don't blame them. I just think someone somewhere should have said I don't think this is going to work. And I don't blame Colorado Springs or the academy at all for that because it was a great opportunity for them on paper.
1: Well, tomorrow. you guys you guys might think that this is uh Avs podcast, but it is the Denver Sports podcast and we are talking about all the sports. These uh, the Avs just have a lot a lot of stuff to talk about right now but we are going to move on to the Nuggets um, how well they've played in the month of the February and January then some baseball talk for good old Drew Mm -mm. and of course we also can't end the show without talking about the ordeal that happened down in boulder with mel tucker so we still have a lot of show left so guys i'm telling you right now let's speed up the oh hot man. takes we how could, many controversies
2: can, can we fit into one this is um, it, it's you know, podcast. Been a week.
0: Where, where do the nuggets even fit into this Jokic, right the, Jokic was adorable at the it'll, all-star it'll game it'll be a quick We're one done. it'll be a
1: quick one
4: perfectly fine with sitting this one out <laughs>
1: All right, we've had snow pretty much every other day this the last two weeks. And guys, Denver Rubber Company is your one stop shop for anything snow plows are are DRC is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects since 1972. Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contracts, manufacturing, and custom hoses. Be sure to call them today for any snow plow needs that you need at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. Hey, er, Brendan, let's talk about how adorable Jokic was at the All-Star Game because he just... I saw him a lot on social media, and I feel like everyone just loved him this week.
4: Big contrast to last All-Star break for Jokic in this one. We always joke that he loathes these things, doesn't like to go. But it looked like he had a lot of fun this season. Every really this year I should say. Um, and if you're a Nuggets fan, that sort of fits into the larger puzzle of, is Jokic going to grow into that traditional star in the NBA? We've seen a lot of science this season that, that point towards yes. Um, none more so than I think him really embracing being out there with the best players in the world and having fun. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, whether it's something you envisioned for yourself from a from a young age or not. And so seeing him embrace that was uh, infectious, I think is the key word.
1: <laughs> yeah. Seeing him hanging out with LeBron, making jokes, scoring a basket and doing with, the... with
4: Russell Westbrook, his new best friend. I oh, guess, yeah. Who, I, Jokic's energy was like. He was Russ's kid there for like bring your kid to work day. He was just like, he wanted to mess around and mess stuff up. Also,
1: uh, Jokic getting into the TikTok game, yeah, going that, viral on TikTok
4: that looked a lot like something
2: he was dragged into, yeah. But he made he had fun with like he made a joke about him not enjoying yes. it and like <laughs> exactly. made it fun, yeah. This was, um, a huge weekend for Nicole Jokic. Yes. I honestly believe that, I agree. Like on that stage. He really showed his personality at its finest yep. and the world kind of got a glimpse of that. And that even it, it even like impacted me. Um yeah. I was talking to Allie this weekend and I was and everyone who listens to the Broncos podcast or anything knows like I never want the jersey of the most popular player on the team. But like something clicked this weekend, I was like, I think I need a Nicole Jokic jersey. Like his person like I've always loved Nicole Jokic the player, obviously. This weekend I was like, he's He's a national treasure.
4: He's got the <laughs> rare confluence of that like Wancho at the end of the bench fan favorite yes. thing. But he's also actually like one of the eight best players in the world. And it's such a unique combination that we don't get to see. And it really... it I, I, I go back to that word infectious because whether you're a fan or media you watch this guy do his thing long enough and you're grinning
2: ear to ear like mm, an idiot. Yeah. You know? He kind of leaned into the whole like he's not a s- traditional superstar yes. thing. Like he did the goofy celebration <laughs> after he scored his first bucket um then he like did the like guitar, guitar thing and then thing? afterwards he's like i want to do something stupid and i think i did, I think <laughs> did yeah. and like then he like made the joke like i can't believe i got snubbed for mvp like instead of i don't know he could have been sour grapes about the fact that like he's one of the eight best players in the world and, and he's they only getting 12 and he, minutes yeah, yeah and he barely played but like he kind of just laughed at it and was like, "Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like them. I'm not doing like 360 dunks, so Absolutely. I guess I'm not gonna be the All-Star game guy." And I loved that.
4: But he still took a step towards, I think, a certain embracement. Like, there's this fun photo of it's like five or six of the best guys in on the planet. Chris Paul, in older age, they're watching Ben Simmons shoot a three, and it kind of looks like they're all joking to each other. Jokic is in that photo. It's like Chris Paul, LeBron James, and, and James Harden, and all of the guys that the casual fan thinks of representing the NBA. Jokic is in that foot And just the idea that he's there talking to those guys would even be captured in that moment accidentally. It's like a step up from where he was last year, which is, hey, maybe I don't belong
2: here. It's also crazy. Between the haircut and like the shape that he's in right now, He looks like an entirely different person from the beginning of the season. Hey, the Jokic is in shape
4: thing is a real take. I mean, I see this guy multiple times a week, not to get weird. It's in a locker room. He takes his shirt off. I I know what shape Jokic is in. He's in better shape every week that we check in. This is a real thing.
1: I... Gotta say, my favorite part of the whole weekend, or my favorite video that I saw of the whole weekend, is Jokic coaching. Um, oh my hey,
2: God. Are we up or, or are Olympics. we down? Right now, are we up <laughs> or are we down right now?
1: Yes. And you just saw just so much of his personality and him yelling at people like, go, run, r- come hey. on. And it's just like, he was so funny, encouraging those people to play, and then being mad at the refs and just—he was just such Every a funny coach. Every whistle,
3: go for them. Every whistle, go for them.
4: <laughs> I look. I he's think like, he's
1: Come the, on, you saw that. You
4: saw. He's the perfect guy for something like that from the NBA, because for a lot of these guys who do care about the various causes they contribute to. There is this sort of element of, like, they're larger than life. And there's a PR kind of circuit. Even if they're doing something genuine, it's like, oh, is this just for the cameras? Mm. Jokic still has that real guy vibe to him. And so the way he embraced that event, the way he talked to the players on his team, that's who he is. And so I can't help but notice, okay, maybe you didn't get the LeBron James autograph, but if you're participating in that event, the actual attention, the buy-in from Jokic, the 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 way he was just there embracing the moment, is that something you appreciate? And I hope the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even when someone hit a three, they're like all out on the court like they are during a real NBA game. And I feel like he really gave – all of those people, the experience that they were looking for. It was so just so fun to watch that video.
4: And having him mic'd up complaining to the refs, which I've always wanted it was to. was yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Even when he's not playing. He's like, like a yelling travel! At players. <laughs> we have six free throws. We have none. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible.
1: He's yelling like, uh, he's like, they're against you. They're against us. Just keep playing. They're right. against
2: <laughs> they're us. They're like, against us. I can just
1: imagine him yelling that during an actual game. I the thought
2: know. of like a, the refs being... Uh, bias against a special Olympics basketball but <laughs> he's like, that's a travel. I'd
4: love to think that that was someone living with a disability who accidentally traveled, and Jokic just couldn't help <laughs> it. Right. You saw that, I saw that.
3: <laughs> really you, rules are rules; enforce them or do not. <laughs> Here's a. I'm glad we started. Perfect
1: segue. Why God. this is funny, dope though? Because. Drew's about to throw his hat. <laughs> a, a kind of a
4: boomer take that I half mean though. Like going, for, I'm going to file this one away because going forward, I want to
3: know which half of you means this. By I'd the way. I'd like
4: to see Jokic at All Star Weekend actually take it a little more seriously mm. going forward. Th- this year, I thought it was great, but you know, like you said, Ryan, like the the 12 minutes, the hey, you got a bucket. Neat consolation prize, but newsflash, buddy, you are one of the eight best players Mm. in the world. Did anybody? And and you should be on the floor during crunch time. He shouldn't be upset about it. I love that he's not. I love that he had fun. But I do wonder if we see with each year an increasing amount of, like, um, you know, a lack of imposter syndrome and an embracement of his status, not just as good in Denver, but one of the best guys on the planet.
2: I think the problem is, though, like, these coaches and whoever is making these these subs are saying like oh what do the fans want yep 100 percent. and like it's going to take fan the the people appreciating nicole Jokic the play like when he gets in on the fan vote then i think you might see a little bit of right. a change
4: and, and i think we'll see this ryan i do but not f- till three four years down the line
2: or yeah. this year after he leads the nuggets to the nba championship Ooh, there you go love that take
4: but the idea is it'll be fun to remember this season watching that smile on his face and i do think that is the underlying story within this Nuggets season is Jokic has been growing into that guy. That guy, it seemed like he may never grow into. And when I say that, I, of course, just mean accepting all of this traditional responsibility. So All-Star Weekend, I think, again, a smaller piece of a bigger puzzle, and that's all encouraging for Nuggets fans.
1: Well, the Nuggets don't play until Friday, so they're on on the break. So we're going to move on to – we're going to do baseball first, but I feel like we should l- leave the baseball until the end. Um, <laughs> Drew, I know you have a lot to say, but I do think we should um, move into what happened in Boulder. Uh, Mel Tucker moving on to uh, Michigan State University after going on a media tour, telling everyone he was committed to see you. Um, Ryan. You were reporting a lot during uh, this weekend and last weekend when all of this was going on. What are your takeaways from all of this Mel Tucker drama?
2: My takeaways is that I don't want to talk about Mel Tucker anymore.
1: <laughs> well, you're gonna have to.
2: I set that you, up you real think nice. I was didn't really she? excited to talk about stadium series for the 8, time? <laughs> yes, I, I was excited about that because um, I hadn't got the chance to talk about it yet. Honestly, I, I just think I honestly do believe that it's time to move on from a CU perspective. Like. Mel Tucker's gone he did extremely shady stuff Um, he he abused his power in the sense of he went on this media tour and he knew that every CU fan was living and dying on his every word and he abused that for negotiations And that to me is so so slimy Like, that's where he he completely – I get past the this is a business garbage. That's like you were lying to everyone's face for your own personal gain, and it's not okay to me. Um, It really, really crosses a line at that point to me. So um, that's what I think is my main takeaway from that. You see the uh, SI article that comes out over the weekend of how he was – you know these are donors who have interacted with mel tucker a a good few times and they said he was talking so quietly at that event that night that you couldn't hear him over the hum of a refrigerator nearby like he was he knew what he was doing was wrong yeah and he still did it and that that to me is is really really shady again
1: the money aspect the business side of this okay you got offered twice double what you were making that type of stuff makes sense this is college football but the lying he okay he maybe he had to go into those donor events he didn't no, I was gonna say I no, was gonna didn't. say but <laughs> e- even if okay maybe he didn't have to do that media tour he didn't have to go on to three different shows that day that he was already offered the job the night before and say how committed he was there's just absolutely no need for all of this lying okay you left you wanted more money understandable this is a business there's no need to do this to buffs fans because it really it was just like wow and now see was left with trying to find a new coach in a very awkward time period for a head coaching search and
0: really diplomatic way to put that
1: <laughs> Yeah. and this was a few days after national signing day so all these Recruits, all these kids were caught so off guard. It was just a crazy
3: he situation. He sat in living rooms with those kids, with high school kids, and lied to them and their parents. Uh,
2: don't see, make me defend him. Yeah, he didn't though. <laughs> yeah, he because didn't. the offer wasn't didn't. there. That it wasn't okay. that
0: he, when he sat in those living rooms,
2: he was committed to he see. He was you. committed
0: to see you, and then Michigan State showed up and mm. said, "We're going to give you more money than see you could possibly imagine, in every turn, and not just in salary, but in terms of like <laughs> coaching staff funds." and in facilities and all this different stuff. I mean, and he quintuple was just my like,
3: salary. I'm not moving from Boulder to East Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> and, he was like, and
0: he was like, okay, well, I'm an right. ambitious guy, and this is what I want. I can't turn this offer down. It's a Big Ten school. I might actually and, have and a chance to win sense. a championship someday. And, like,
4: and far from the first college football coach to look at recruiting right, guys and
0: make just, that commitment. It's just Most it, I of them have suck, no issues yeah. with the man getting the green. No pun intended with the Shush Michigan State stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a hundred percent about how he handled it sure. right up until the end. Yeah. yeah. And from basically and from the moment that he sent out that tweet until no. until he recorded that video on the private airplane about saying integrity. Green, I'm
1: leaving call like leaving like Colorado right now. Everything
0: like, in between oh, there is why drops the word integrity on he, you out. That's every single thing oh, between those two those start two events Drew.
3: that tweet and that video, scummy. I mean, the other thing. No, you're right. Like I can I can back off the other thing. But we were talking earlier about putting This is like the theme of today's pot, putting each other in people's shoes. And the recruits of those kids like when you walk into someone's living room and you look them in the eye and I get I get that we're adults. And you got to recognize that stuff happens. But when you say I'm going to be there for you and, and you have to make a decision about your future at 17, 18 years old about where you're going to live, about where you're going to get your education, about where you're going to put your dreams and hopes. Yeah, like, uh, it, it may just be the, the nature of the business, but I get why those kids and their parents yeah, are on course. Twitter of firing off, too. And,
1: it, yeah. and, and I know so many it people sucks. say that's why you have to commit to the school, not the coach. Right. And Matt McChesney co- really, uh, had a really great podcast um, on McChesney Unchained on our network, he works with these coaches and he works with these kids and this the these families very very closely and and he was a player and he had he's dealt with all of this type of stuff so you guys should definitely check that out it gives you a, an right. inside look on that situation
2: it's so hard you want to tell these kids commit to a school not a coach the it's coach so is hard the one who's persuading right. you on yeah. a daily right. basis right. trying Saving to get right, down, right? Yeah. and like you always. Kids don't commit to a place where they're like, I love the school, hate the coach. Right. You know? <laughs> it's you commit never, to the relationship. Right. In life, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Brandon always uses the term people don't leave jobs, they leave bosses. That's you know, true. it's like all of this is relationship based. And it's, it's impossible to tell a kid, like, forget what the coach is saying. Just go look at the school. Do you like the school? Okay, go there.
1: And, I mean, yeah. Mel Tucker was really good at his job. Really, really good. He had former players first CU tweeting, man, I wish I played for Coach Tuck. He had donors. He had the media. He had so many people so bought in in him. He did a great job on that. And it's really unfortunate that it had to play out the way it did because – I believe Buffs fans would have been upset that he left, if he just left. But for this to have played out the way it did, really tarnished everything.
3: Is he? I mean, you guys have the the pulse of that fan base. I mean, is he? Is this total heel turn? Is he enemy number one, he's two, canceled. and three? He's, he's, he's canceled. totally
2: canceled in yeah. Boulder. he's 86. It's it's kind of funny. You look there's there's uh, a situation yesterday where one of CU's assistant coach went and followed him there. And he handled everything with the utmost class. And he had a meeting with his players. With all their the ones parents, that, too. It, Imagine. The, that morning, before anything came out, told them, broke down, you know, cried. And for him, it's like, okay, well, you can stay here and hope that the next coach doesn't have an offensive line coach that he's going to like that he wants to bring in. Now, that would have been pretty unlikely because this coach, was, Coach Cap, was a really good offensive line coach. But there's still a chance that the guy comes in and maybe his brother is an offensive line coach. He's like, I want to hire you know. So his his options were stay at CU and hope the next coach likes him, or go double your salary or somewhere in that ballpark. It's like he had to do it, but he handled it all the right way. And yesterday on Twitter all you had was CU fans saying, like, Man, I wish Coach Cap the best, you know, like Class act. Class act, exactly. Mel Tucker handled everything the exact wrong way, and now he is public enemy number one. Well,
0: and now now when he goes into those living rooms in the future, oh. now every single coach recruiting against him has something that says he do you, he used the word integrity with you because look what he did to all those kids. Look what yep. he did to Colorado. And, and personally, <laughs> I hope he gets drilled. I hope he never has a top one hundred
4: recruiting class ever. Relentless, not realistic, but yeah. it would be great. Pursuing the next job.
1: I yes. mean, and some of those kids are using this as fuel. They're saying all the right things on Twitter. That class has done a good job. Some are saying, like, forget CSU. Like, put MSU first game of the year and let us prove what we're worth. And I think that is awesome to have that type of mentality. It
0: makes it real easy to root for those kids. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there are going like- to be some some players that try and leave. Yep. I feel like that's inevitable. That's something everyone need, needs to accept. Um, but – hopefully a great amount of them stay and things work out because right now Ryan, I'll let you take over on where we are on this coaching search there are a few names being thrown out
2: um interestingly enough from what I've heard Eric Biennemi is still a legit option I think everyone kind of thought that this would be a song and dance type of thing hey you're Eric Biennemi you're great here you're a a hot head coach candidate but we both understand that you're probably going to be an NFL head coach let's just you know meet up have dinner and go do our own thing um it doesn't seem necessarily like it's the most likely from what i've heard eric benemis is going to have a long list of boxes that he needs to check off before he wants to take this job which is understandable um for a guy who probably only gets one chance at this you know um so he's interesting brett billema is one who a lot of fans really don't like um funny enough henry and i are like the only two people who would actually be all right with that actually i talked to andre too so maybe it's something in the water at dnvr um but um i don't hate it nearly as much as other he wouldn't be my top choice but a lot of people are like if he's the choice burn it down type of thing i don't feel that way at all i think he could that's be a in, really
0: strong opinion for a guy with some success
2: for some yeah i think everyone wants to look at what happened at arkansas and say like well that's just who the he is he and left. it's like well, you got to look at the full picture here yeah. Th- there's definitely the downside of arkansas i think he's 11 and 29 in the sec which we have to also acknowledge is the toughest conference in football one level down from that is the big 10 where he went to three consecutive rose bowls Two legitimate one because Ohio State and maybe one other team were ineligible at the time. Um but oh Penn State, right? Ohio State and Penn State were both ineligible at the same time. So they were third place in the division and still got to go. Mm, speaking of scummy. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh two consecutive legit Rose Bowls for him. And and Pac twelve is a level below that in terms of what type of competition it is. So At least you can very clearly see there's high-level upside there. I think people just want to focus on the downsides and say terrible option. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, kind of a uh, dark horse uh, (laughs) here. Unfortunately, from what I've heard, it doesn't sound like he has passed some of the issues with alcohol that were his downfall at USC, which is sad, honestly. Um, I hope that he can get past that, but Maybe if CU gets some good information that he is, he's an interesting candidate. He's a guy who has a ton of recruiting success, which is why he's still an attractive name. You know, he's dominant, and he went and coached a great offense at Alabama. So, he's interesting. Jim Mora is a guy who who's from Boulder, uh, or not from Boulder, but grew up and lived in Boulder for a little while. Um another name so we're kind of still in the names stage um interviews going on early this week there'll probably be a second round usually of interviews that might be back in boulder where they can dig into it but we're still early on a lot of names floating around henry has a great piece in which he just breaks down every name that's being floated around anywhere which i actually really enjoyed um if you hear a name that gets floated out there henry's probably got it covered in that story it's
4: on the tracker right no it's different
2: Maybe it is in the tracker as well, but it was originally titled something else. I forget. Gotcha. The search for Mel Tucker's replacement or something like that's that. It's a
0: pretty spray and pray list.
2: It really is. And that's kinda what happens when you get thrown into a coaching yeah. search in the end of February. <laughs> yeah. February.
1: Um Jesus. a lot of people have thrown out, obviously who's the interim head coach right now, Darren Cheverini.
2: It's his dream to be the head coach at Colorado and you know. Tad Boyle said that one. once upon a time. He's now been here for 10 years and is putting together the best season of his career. There's something to be said about that. Um, to me, in most cases, the interim guy always feels like a better idea than it really turns out to be. Um Clay Helton is a perfect example of that at USC. That didn't work out too well. I remember back in the day, I can't remember the the, na- the guy's name, but when Rich Rodriguez left West Virginia, they went and, like, won a bowl game, and then they made his replacement the head coach. That didn't work out. So I it's hard for me to – this is, like, one of those times where it's hard to be uh, reporting on this sort of stuff and be a Buffs fan at sure, the same time. It's yeah. like, I want the guy who loves CU – to be the coach and to work out amazingly and him to like represent the university and just spread love about Boulder and the University of Colorado all over the place. I think that would be awesome. Um, But I think it would just be a a little bit Too conservative of a move, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, But what about
1: the stability for these um, new players who at least do know Chev? They have a relationship with him. A bunch of tweeted, like, wow, Chev deserved this. Like, Chev's never done anything wrong for us. Like, that is giving them hope that it's going to be someone that they still know not a new head coach that they've never spoken to
2: yeah this is where it's hard for rick george and he has to really have foresight here If you're talking about what's going to be the the best move for the next few months it might pretty obviously be Chev in terms of these kids but you kind of have to make these hires as what's going to be the best four years from now and there's a ton of projection that goes on in that And, and the truth is we talk about this all the time Picking head coaches, there's a lot of luck involved, and you kind of have to get lucky, but you do have to project a little bit. Um, so, like I said, if I if you could tell me right now, you could pick any coach and you know they're going to be successful, I would probably pick Chev. Yeah. He's you know, and and I would say that's the one who would be the dream scenario, but I don't necessarily think he's the best candidate here.
1: All right, well, be sure to follow all of Henry's um, posts on dnvr underscore buffs on Twitter and on the dnvr.com because he has a lot of great content coming out on this search and interviews and all of that type of stuff.
2: And not to mention the basketball team, who really deserves oh. the media coverage here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buffs
1: basketball is at home this week. It is the last uh, last two home games of the regular season. They're still ranked 17th in, in – eighteen. 18th. They're still ranked.
2: They're in the top 20.
1: And they're doing really well, so Fast. be sure to check them out, especially with no basketball going on on Thursday for the Nuggets.
2: I could do a whole podcast just on that FS1 broadcast they had on Saturday night. Yeah, we don't oh, have yeah. time for this. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. They had the both, both coaches miked for the entire game. Brendan, Through imagine time if you could hear Michael Malone for an entire game miked yeah, live. That's my dream.
1: Through, they like, did this the even in room? halftime
2: post game. We heard every single thing Tad Boyle said the entire game. It was incredible. what How does, like, if
4: you're a part of the coaching staff, you have to have that heads up, right? That that's going to happen. Does that change the way you approach anything? It didn't, didn't
2: change
1: Oregon State's head
4: it, coach. I was
2: just going to say it <laughs> didn't change it for Wayne Tinkle, who is the head coach at Oregon State. I don't. Uh, Tad, Tad had the um ability to be coaching a team that won the game wire to wire. So he was very calm. Right. But, but right. like, if he was playing to the cameras, he did it incredibly well. <laughs> like, like I tweeted this after. It was a two-and-a-half-hour commercial for why you should play basketball for Tad Poyle. Right. He represented himself so well.
1: The Oregon State head coach was – they had to mute it so <laughs> many <probably> times. He probably forgot. <laughs> honestly.
4: I yeah. will forget will barton in was, the moment he was mic'd up in philly i was there in the locker room after the game when the guy said hey thanks for doing that for us and he walked away and will looked at me and he said yo i completely forgot. Oh, I was God. Like, they cannot use 70%. i was gonna say that that's <laughs>
3: best
2: you if know was, heisenberg principle if i was I the head
4: coach of a college basketball program you better believe
2: five <laughs> minutes into that game i forgot <laughs> you got a lot more important things on your mind forgot on your mind yeah
1: You got to take care of your teeth, and guess what? We can help our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare awesome toothbrush. Just take care of your teeth. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right, Drew, I'm just going to throw this over to you. The baseball world is... Is in a bad state right now. On fire? Yep. Even LeBron James tweeted an hour ago about what's going on and how he would feel if this was in the NBA. For the Mm. people who aren't um, following baseball right now or there's too much drama for them to be like, "Ah, I'm not paying attention to that Mm. until opening day. What is going on right now?
3: The biggest, most extensive, most elaborate deepest-running, most embarrassing cheating scandal probably in the history of American professional sports.
4: Worse than the White Sox literally throwing the World Series.
3: So now AJ and I are going to have a fight. (laughs) (laughs) But in my view, yes. Now that's because I don't have this sort of like the absolute worst thing you can be is a loser, so losing on purpose is worse than cheating to win. Like, I just... For me, like, that's irrelevant. What makes a scandal worse than any other scandal is how many people were victimized by this? How many people were hurt by this? In 1919, seven guys decided to throw one nine-game series. The people that were hurt by that were themselves and people who bet on them.
2: And that's, to me, that's the big distinguisher here. The White Sox cheated themselves out of winning the World Series. The Astros cheated everyone else out of having a true champion.
3: 100%. They cheated Aaron Judge. They cheated the Dodgers. They cheated all 29 other teams in baseball. The Rockies have a real complaint. For the one time, they could have won their division. They had to play an interleague, you guessed it, the Houston Astros, who were definitely cheating. Go look at the <laughs> start that Tyler <laughs> Anderson crazy. have. Like, it's, it's insane. And the Houston no, Astros.
4: So the that can
3: all that 29 player, of right. them. All 29, except for, like, the Miami Marlins who just, you know, the Baltimore Orioles don't have much of a, yeah. (laughs) Any team that's been even slightly relevant in the last four years has a grievance against the Houston Astros, and that's why people who never, like, look, the brotherhood of baseball, the fraternity of baseball demands that these guys never snipe at each other. I have never seen them do it. You asked me in the Slack the other day.
4: Is it always like this? It
3: is never, ever in my lifetime not during steroids, not during not, – not there, there is no other – not during the Pete Rose. Mike Trout. We didn't have social media. Chris, but this isn't – this is guys well, right at press conferences. A, right, you
4: put a mic in the face and you get F the Houston Astros. That's right. Right. From
3: all of them. Aaron Judge today. Mike Trout, <laughs> who would just assume never go on the record about anything. Except the weather. Yeah. He feels cheated. Right. He knows the advantage that comes from knowing what pitch is coming, and he spoke at great length about that.
4: Yeah, how good would Mike
3: Trout be if he knew when you're changing? He'd hit them. 500. Right. Like, they know the advantage that this is. They understand, and, and that's why I'm so happy that the players are coming out, because I worried that the fraternity of baseball would stop them from doing so, mm. because they don't want to point across and say, you guys cheated us, but this has crossed that level. Right,
4: because it does have, like, a sort of um – Protect the shield kind of like blue code type of deal, right? Like you just don't cross that line.
3: hundred percent. Cody Bellinger saying, I want to hit a line drive right in Carlos Correa's effing face. His ugly face. I mean, these guys, they don't talk like this. Right. This isn't the NBA or boxing or pro wrestling. Like these guys.
2: I like how those three things got lumped together. Look, bro. (laughs) The three best soap operas in sports.
3: (laughs) Those guys know how to drop a promo. They know what's up. Chris Bryant. Would rather not. He'd really rather not, and he's not going out there and saying he's not making excuses. The Cubs are probably one of the few teams that have been least harmed by whatever it is the Astros ultimately have done. Right. Chris Bryant has a. There's a word. It's called empathy. I've when heard you, of it. yeah, <laughs> it's this thing when you recognize that this fund. The, if this is about the integrity of the game, this fundamentally undermines the integrity of the game far more than anything else that's happened in the history of baseball. There are Houston Astros fans who are suing their own team today. And I 100% understand if this had happened here with the Colorado Rockies and I was just still a Colorado Rockies fan, I would join in on that class action suit. What is the what is the basis that of they the paid, lawsuit? That
4: their season tickets were priced to watch a World Series contender
3: that was cheating, right? That's so right. The, the That's 100%. None of this was real. And I've seen a couple— He was a little opportunist. Yeah. But see, <laughs> like, I, and I've seen, a, like, look, there's all the arguments about, like, oversuing is ridiculous, and but, but the, the part of it that I don't buy is when people come out and say, well, but you got the best experience. You got to win the World Series. I'm sorry, no. If my team cheats to win the World Series, and I understand a lot of people feel differently. This is just me. I stand on principle. My team cheats to win the World Series. Th- there is no solace in that. I, I there actually is, agree with that. I, it, it actually becomes well, the worst be moment of my entire fandom. You I'm sorry.
4: No. that's I, it, You'd spend the rest of your life defending your favorite team's
3: time. I wouldn't even. Do, no. I would I would drop my fandom and become huh? a fan of a different team if my team cheated to win the championship.
2: Only if you knew about it, though.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, and, and that's, that's how I see a lot of people coming out and saying they only got, the, they're the ones that caught, got caught. Bring me the evidence for everybody else. That's right. all I'm saying. You know, if anyone else cheating, throw them out too. Burn it all down. I, I, I hate this idea of like, oh, there might be other teams in baseball who kind of, like, if we went all, all out drinking last night at Bojo's and had way too many Breck brews. That's and weird. we all ended up with hangovers, and we we're like, man. It was a brutal night, but, like, I went out and, like, destroyed a cop car and robbed a liquor store. Like, people wouldn't be like, yeah, but we were all drinking last night. Like, no. (laughs) Stop it. You want to present the evidence that anyone has gone to the lengths that the Houston Astros have gone to to undermine the integrity of the game of baseball? Rock and roll. If not... I can't. No, they cheated beyond the pale. And if they hadn't, then people like Chris Bryant wouldn't be talking about. They know what they do. Chris Bryant knows what the Cubs do. Cody Bellinger knows what the Dodgers do. That's the they thing. they yeah. know where that line is. Right. The difference between gamesmanship and these guys cheated us. And 95% of the most elite-level players in the game of baseball who don't play for the Houston Astros feel like they were cheated. And 95% of the fans who don't root for the Houston Astros feel like they were cheated, and I'm inclined to agree.
2: Just think of it this way, and I think this would be a thousand times bigger if this came out, that the Kansas City Chiefs this season – uh, intercepted the communication between the coaches and the players on the field in the helmets right. and knew every play. Essentially what happened, right? Right. And they knew yeah. every play that the defense was calling. Or on the other side, they knew every play that the offense was calling. Like, if that happened and that came out, this story's already big. It would be colossal. Right. And it's the same exact thing, just in a different sport. Right, I mean, right. I mean, reports are coming out now that teams
3: are calling the Washington Nationals before the World Series. And telling them, watch out for this, watch out for that. We know other – do you know how unprecedented it is for another – for a GM or a manager or someone else in baseball to call another team and help them out in any way like that?
4: It's really interesting in hindsight to revisit those, I guess, like tectonic shifts underneath the surface of like, we're seeing this now. Hey, everyone knows. Here's the – Maybe you don't want to call it proof. Here's the overwhelming evidence, right? But you have all these examples of players and teams who knew for months, like, "Hey, something is not
3: right here." Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the thing that I think now that it's all out there, with the players coming out, I, Major League Baseball is in in real trouble, and Rob Manfred is in very, very yeah, I don't real and trouble, and he's
2: only making it worse
4: for himself. His really, Q-score is making it seems, worse. It seems lower than Goodell right now.
2: I mean, it's. It has, to be. has it to be. It is. It 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 has would he, to be. I mean, him like trying to diminish <laughs> the value of the trophy. That's indefensible, man. The the commissioner's trophy, is what it's called. Right. That's right. Uh, and he acted like it doesn't matter. That's the whole point Just of the whole
4: sport. Just a of metal. And like, thanks for the apology, bro. But the idea is the self awareness in the first place.
2: That's the that's I mean, the whole point of why we do this. It's the whole point why anyone cares is to watch the teams try to win the trophy,
3: the hunk of metal.
2: Yeah, I. <laughs> and then he com- comes out and says like, "There'll be no tolerance for hitting the guys." It's like. Dude, you are playing this the entire and wrong his way.
4: radical nature th- in the, and his sort of, like, I guess, if the optimist would be willingness to to look at changes to baseball, he's lost all benefit of the doubt now, right, as right. a guy who has a clue.
2: Yep. Who is the player, AJ, who um, Kadri had to take matters into his own hands?
4: <laughs> Ryan
0: Lindgren? Yeah, That's Ryan right.
2: Lindgren has a dirty play. The refs don't call anything, so Kadri has to take matters into his own hands. Yep. This is exactly what's going to happen in baseball. Yep. If these guys were punished, the pitchers and the teams wouldn't feel like they had to punish them for baseball. Yep. But Manfred is putting them in harm's way by not punishing them.
3: 100%. And it's going so to get they're just going to hit them all game? Guys are going to be thrown at. There's going to be brawls once a week. Great. and So, it, so the teams are going to get a bunch of their dudes
0: suspended every time they play the Astros? It's not for the good of the game, for the integrity of the game.
2: I mean, I get what you're trying to do here, but yes. Yeah. That's I mean, how
3: they, that's they what, feel. That's they, what's going to happen. That's it, where we are. They mm-hmm. need to
2: get it off their chest.
3: Here's the thing is, like, the, and this is what strikes at the heart of it, I think, for the vast – it's very rare that I'm with the consensus on baseball fans. Like, it, it, it is. It's just rare. Like, I don't think Jeff Breidich is an idiot. I think that the Colorado Rockies have a chance to compete. I think that the economics of baseball are ridiculous. I think that, you know – I think Billie Eilish is actually a talented singer. You know, I am outside of the <laughs> she consensus really is. on things I, I, think I, you,
2: I think you have the, uh, oh, the panel do, here. Do yeah, I have the only
1: one
3: is oh, okay. Eric, I
4: think. Okay. Uh, AJ shaking.
2: I his thought head. that was an
3: outside the consensus thing. She can but sing, I'm, regardless
4: of your feelings on the
3: vibe. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Look, look, I I'm used to having unpopular opinions on Twitter, so it is nice for once to stand back and recognize the consensus. And I and I think the reason we're all together on this is wherever you stand, even like even if you can go straight down the line of. Guys shouldn't be throwing at people. Look, I've never – I grew up under that mindset that, like, that's how you do justice in baseball is you throw at people when they do something wrong. I broke myself of that. I do not believe that that's a good way to go. But we have a sport – where guys throw at people for pimping home runs. You we live in it, a sport man. where guys get suspended for throwing their batting gloves behind their bat, and it happened to make contact with an umpire's shoe. But they cheated to
4: win, Drew, and... So you gotta do Nothing. it. Nothing.
3: You gotta hit him. Nothing. The
0: hypocrisy. You, you, gotta, you, you, can, gotta, you gotta hit him every time they that's come right. up to bat, man. You gotta do it every game.
5: To
4: be Not clear, every A.T.'s time. an Astros fan, but <laughs> it sounds like you disagree pretty vehemently.
2: What, what about this, though? What are they... What's... Uh, rob manfred gonna do if every player who comes up to bat just gets thrown at
3: let's see let's i'm ready to find out because if he's not gonna do anything about it they will it's not gonna be every at bat it's gonna be here and there but the astros haven't so you're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna pick their spots huh it's real manly so
0: that's, bring that's, it that's the tough stuff it look man, that's there's the, there's that's no the, other methodology. That's the higher, that's the higher I, look, level man, way to do it. Let it, me pick my spot. It's not. It's gonna, the only they way gonna go that's left. Like, they're going to go out and like slash their tires in the parking I lot I while they're taking they, batting I practice bet that too. That Rock and they roll. Would
4: prefer <laughs> that the commissioner had simply taken care of it. That's correct. It okay,
0: so my question with this, and this is where this is where the cru- this is where I differ here, because I don't I don't mind the Astros getting punished. They deserved that, and still waiting for it to happen. But and. Sure. I mean multiple multiple guys careers might be ruined, but as they should you, be. You and and rightfully so. Like I have but but you sitting here on a podcast feel like they haven't Well, the players. Like the nothing players has happened. But this to. is yeah. where how do you do it?
3: Oh, I've got players, so We're suspending like, them for games. Like of, like how do you do it? Trade
2: it off. All oh. of the every player is suspended. That's right. So what do you do? What do you do about the guys? I mean, this is
0: remember this is multiple years later. So what do you what do you I mean do they about were doing the, it last year. What do you what do you do about the guys that, that cause I saw like there was like a breakdown, right? Like somebody went through an Astros game and was like, Oh, I'm gonna break it down for every guy who went up to an at bat and you could hear the trash can bangs and all these different things, right? Oh, no, it was all of them. It's one hundred percent of the guys on the twenty five man roster. Yeah, there's y- no way to even
2: yeah. if you just didn't say anything, you were complicit in the whole racket. So no. how
0: do you so you you're gonna all the pitchers are gone too? Sure. Yeah. So you're just going to ban an entire team of players that are now, like, in other places. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, the Yankees spent $300 million on Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole cl- is done.
4: How does that clubhouse receive him, too? And not to distract from your point, but, again, like, just to what you're saying, everyone was involved, and some of these guys are on different teams now, so. Well, and this is what i mean. Yeah, yeah, you get a 50-game like, well, suspension okay, so. for
3: being on PEDs with a team. And you get traded, or they find out a year or two later, yeah, you still get suspended for 50 games. It doesn't matter that the team who picked you up either didn't know that you were on performance enhancing drugs or didn't care. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you got suspended for your personal behavior. It happens with teams all the time. Like, if I'm, you give
2: everyone 30 games, yeah, I'd feel better about it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, that's yours. So, just give everybody 30 games and then call it good. Sure. And then, and then you'll stop.
3: You'll get over this? I mean I also want You'll the feel like
0: there's punishment that's been doled out, is what I'm saying.
3: I want the World Series title vacated and I okay, want which is irrelevant. Uh, Jose okay. okay and I want Jose Altuve's MVP vacated. Okay. And then we're good. Because they're dirty. Yeah. Because okay. they cheated. So it's how, do you, how do you go through like you
0: know, would a gold medal. How do you do how do you go through the entire history of baseball and all the guys who were in the Hall of Fame who doctored baseballs and cheated back in the day in that way? I mean, what that's a whole do, other problem. What do you
3: do with them? I don't do anything.
2: It's like, too, the late. Whole of it's fame. too well, late now. Why?
0: Yeah, because it's, you, can't, you can't go back and take away all of the accomplishments that they had in their careers.
2: Because they're not active anymore, well, so
0: can, what's yeah. the, it doesn't though, matter.
4: If we have definitive, like, proof, can't we? I mean, isn't the idea that, like, hey, the Astros absolutely did this. Yeah. Caught red-handed. Yeah. And, like,
0: no issues there. Right. Like, no arguments like, y'all done got caught. It's your greatest crime. Mm. You got caught.
2: So, like— if you can catch people red-handed then yeah i don't care if you take someone out of the sure. hall of fame yeah go ahead you
4: want to retroactively say
2: hey we approved this person like c-
4: ruined the integrity of the game i'm fine with it yeah, yeah. okay so this is what i'm saying because this is where you open up the
0: door you start going back and you take things away but i'm fine with it because it's not like it's not like baseball's been some like
4: massive amount of purity for a hundred plus years this is a joke as of now like the alternative is like hey just relax about the whole they cheated just let them cheat just let 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 them all cheat you know what i mean i know what you're saying saying, i'm not a big
0: fan of the slippery slope fallacy because typically it's a it's a really bad argument It's a disingenuous but you're talking you're talking about going back and basically rewriting history because you're mad because they, just, like, no, because they and like again they cheated because you yeah. know yeah, and yeah, like yeah, I yeah, understand yeah. but there have been a lot of cheaters in baseball for mm-hmm. its entire existence. Well, there have been a lot of cheaters. Don't
3: don't don't give me well. That's not it's, But there've been a lot, there there have been a lot this of This is also the entire team. team.
1: Yeah, the entire this is not organization. organization.
3: It's just don't play it to those things. Personally,
2: it's I don't care if you vacate this or vacate that. I'm a believer that vacating things doesn't do anything. But to me Every player needs to be punished to a point that makes people think we should we can't afford to do this. Why would right. another team exactly. not say like thirty games does that? Uh, I'm just setting a number that makes me say like because I don't feel like thirty sends that message. I well, feel like thirty does to the Atro- Astros. They lose all their best players yeah, for third the first thirty games of well, the season. Garrett crazy. Cole Garrett Cole's gone from the Yankees. Yeah, he for just a will month. be fine. Yeah, yeah he'll just be fine. So to me. I, to me, I would set it higher. What I'm saying is if you give everyone 30 games, at least it says, like, this isn't worth it. You shouldn't do this. And you could even make the argument that maybe that's too low and people would still say it's worth it. But right now, it was a $5 million fine and a year suspension for the coach and the GM. That's the entirety that's of the – couple of draft picks. How – if you take out the good faith, how would the Colorado Rockies not be thinking right now, is that worth it? Yes. Other than the part of getting dragged publicly. That
4: foliage in right center, they would never see a camera. <laughs> like,
2: so I just want it to be set to a point where everyone can unequivocally say, whew, definitely shouldn't do that. Agreed. It's not worth it. Agreed.
3: And that's the difference with this and other times when cheating in baseball has crossed the line throughout history is that the hammer has come down and it's stopped. Guys don't throw the World Series anymore. hasn't happened since 1990. It hasn't happened in 100 years.
4: Honestly, Maguire we and Sosa may well, not make the Hall. You know what I mean? That's a that's message right. sender. That those was, guys aren't real. going
3: to make the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is going to be really close. And, and it shouldn't
4: be steroids or not, even, you could argue. Right. So, but to, to your point being.
3: Like, the punishments yeah, have been handed so out. I
4: mean,
0: weren't steroids legal when these guys started doing
4: them?
3: Not really. Not that's Depends that's that's, that's a, a tricky HGH issue, too, but no. legal for a long time. HGH was was yeah problematic, but no, anabolic steroids were definitely illegal and the, and again, it's like so you're saying there's a gray area that guys exploited.
4: Yeah, but like, look, man. But
3: if, this, there's nothing gray about this. There's an explicit rule against electronic steinstein. And, and I think Ryan hit and, the nail on the
4: head, man. The goal is less of do the Astros feel punished, and the goal is. Do prospective cheaters feel deterred? Exactly, Go and the they forward. don't. And None of, of them
3: now, do. That's why players are speaking out. Right, because they don't know cheat they don't.
2: Thinking they're going to get caught. People think this might be this. We might get away with this. And if you think about it, if the Astros got away with this, they would have just kept doing it. So the point is, you have to set the punishment so high that people think, man, if we get caught, this is going to be a huge problem. I, like, look at like DUIs. You know, for our generation, at least for a large chunk of our generation, it's like, I'm not drinking and driving because it's not worth it to what could happen to me. I'd rather just pay the $25 for this Uber home than possibly risk what could be at stake. You have to set the punishment at that standard. So everyone in baseball thinks it's not about the uh, what could happen if we get away with this. It's about what could happen if we get caught. If you have
4: definitive proof of buzzers, for the record, I don't know what the MLB has. The buzzers definitely happened, in my opinion. That is an opinion. From the MLB, I'm not in any rush to confirm a story that, like, hey, your sport is screwed. They lost
3: all benefit of the doubt, though. Like, one thing we know is that their first investigation was completely unthorough and left out all kinds of factual information.
4: Because, again, the internal investigation is, is your sport ruined? Right. They're not eager to say yes. Exactly. But if I had definitive proof. I would I would ban guys from baseball.
3: The, I'm shocked that Chef Lon Howell hasn't been banned from baseball. If look, uh, I don't know how you allow either one of them, like under your if, if you're going to make the argument that this really isn't on the players, that it was an organizational thing and they kind of had to go along. And, and it was run from the top. I mean, everybody are, makes
0: decisions in life, man. that's, there that's are, bull.
3: A guy got banned from baseball a couple of years ago because he paid some prospects a little more money than he was allowed to. Again, it's not even necessary like you can Which you can try to a take little this. Oh, of course it was. It was. But that's yeah, the point. That you can take thing. this in a vacuum and try to defend, not not defend the Astros, but defend sort of Rob Manfred's what he's actually done, not what he's said. What he's done. You can take it in a vacuum. The problem is, as Ryan often knows, these things don't happen just inside that vacuum, bro. So here's, like, here's where I'm coming from, it's a, It's a total point of hypocrisy to bring the hammer down on guys with giant suspensions for charging the mound or throwing inside or not wearing the proper shoes.
0: Yeah, and but, I mean, we can all agree that that's dumb and petty. But,
3: but Rob Manfred doesn't. And this is a conversation about him as much as it's about anything else. So, so
0: my my frustration is, do you, do you remember the death penalty that the uh, NCAA gave to SMU? SCU?
3: Yeah. SMU. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it was like crazy pants, right? Yeah. And like has that stopped people from playing from from paying
3: college players?
2: It's a great point. No, not at all.
3: Obviously not. There is no, I think that's the exception the, to say the this. isn't that the ex- No one is I mean,
2: overt as overt about it as SMU right. was. Well, back and then. and again,
0: As I make the same point that I'm making with this, their crime was getting caught.
4: But there's, like, a whole infrastructure in place there in college sports, right? That, like... Yeah. which is really corrupt and it's and, and super
0: horrible. and it's super screwed and horrible, up and but, like but are you, but a lot of reasonable people can disagree. And I but think my, one of the reasons my,
2: we turn a blind eye but to but that is because the kids deserve it. But if you're oh, in like, Manfred
4: you. to your knowledge to this point this is not an infrastructure this is not a pattern this is a group of people who took it upon themselves to take it to this length and so you nip that in the bud, no?
0: Right, but no, the, isn't there is not there not an investigation going on at the same time
3: with the Red Sox doing something similar? Well, it's not really the Red Sox. It's one member who happens to be with the Red Sox now. Who had been, Actually, he's, he spent more time with the Yankees and the Astros. Who but had yeah. been with the Astros. Right, 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 right. This is about him coming up with the system and implementing it in Houston. So while that individual is in trouble, there isn't an organization. There's no other organization that has been implicated. And I think it's very important to make that clear. There are other individuals. People keep saying, so we're what talking about, about the Yankees? How the what
0: investigation about the- was a sham, and then, using the, and, then, and then using the investigation to bolster the point that Nobody else has done this. Well, I don't know. I, Is it I a mean, sham or not?
3: Oh, it's definitely a sham, okay, but so what then, am I I think that opens
0: up the door that there's a lot more teams that could have been doing this. And if you want to have a thorough investigation and if the players, the holy word of the players mm-hmm. that we're suddenly caring so much about if they are serious about this, then all doors need to be kicked open. Any team Dude, that was, you're speaking any, my language any now. Team, any team that's all I want is consistency. 100%. Bring it any, down.
3: Say it again. Any team.
0: Any team, any player, anything. So do both get them get rid of all of them ban everybody for life let's go kick them all out of the game <laughs> did i just win the argument every single no let's what go. i want say what, it again what i want is consistency 100%. if, if you're going to strip awards go go through history of baseball and strip every single one of them i don't care if that dude's been dead for 50 years Strip it. I'll but carve out time in my car- schedule. All I care about is consistency. Me too. I don't want inconsistent ab- applications of this because we're in the moment and we're upset about this today. Sure, but And then step set, one, that, set that precedent forever. But step get, one is If you're guy- going to cheat the game, you're going to cheat teammates, you're going to cheat anybody, you're done. Well, That's been the precedent. That is the precedent. You get kicked out of baseball forever. <sighs>
2: Correct. I, I personally – I'm a big fan of the Lifetime ban. Yeah. I don't think... I have no qualms about this. It's not... This isn't a right. You're part of a organization. It is a privilege to be there. And if you do something that wrong to completely uh, unravel the integrity of the game, you deserve for that to be stripped from you. It's not like this is the only way you can feed your family or anything like that, or you haven't already capitalized right. in terms of massive dollar amounts to be here in the first place. So I have no problem with kicking someone out for life. And you know what, AJ? I think we all agree. But step
4: one, let's start with the people with the dripping wet red ink on their hands. That's fine. Do it.
0: Yeah. I just want
4: consistency throughout all of the Fair. process. Fair. I'm fine. fine and to go through And especially line
0: by line. my number one thing is if we're going to sit here and we're going to put, oh, well, the players are all super upset and we're suddenly going to care about what the players have to say so much then they can't then turn around and cover up anything that they know about their own organizations or their own success. True. Because I am not a moron, and I live on planet Earth, and I know that people are not going to be altruistic in that way, that they will always cover themselves along the way, and that absolutely, 100%, you will not be able to completely root this out because you're relying strictly on people. And people are flawed, and people are selfish. And the way that we can make the villains, the the Astros out to be the villains here, there will be people. How do we know that the Dodgers didn't do something that they were up to? And all of this preaching that we've heard from them, they know. They know that they've been up to something too. Strong guess though
4: is again, I if just they haven't, want, it, it, they right. just they haven't. Consistency. If if, I DNVR, just want consistency. if DNVR was taking money from every single organization that we covered and we were writing puff pieces, and that was exposed, and then like I found out. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe edit that out. But like, yeah. if that happened, to the <laughs> and I worked at DNVR and I also knew we were doing that, I would definitely not get in front of the cameras and rip for doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that these guys are aware of the exact dynamic you're just des- you're describing, and they don't fear it because the Astros crossed the line. Yeah, I
0: have no, I have no qualms about punishing all these dudes. But I'm saying, once you start doing it, you don't stop. Fair enough. Hundred percent. That's all I feel what about because I don't. I don't want this. I don't want this. Like Carlos Beltran needs to be done for life. For life. Like for life. A great dude, and I loved watching too. him play. And he so provided sad. some amazing sports memories. God, he could. It hit. needs to be done for life. And switch. He's got to be gone. All of them. It's. This is what I'm saying. If you're going to start, if you're going to kick the door open, you rip it off the hinges forever.
3: Because Pete Rose was right to come back. I'm sorry, Ali. But you saw Pete Rose came back and said, oh, really? I'm still on the outs? And these guys, for like when I was playing the game, I was just the best hitter alive. When I was a manager, one time I bet on my team to lose. You know why? We sucked. <laughs> That's why I bet on my team to lose. And I'm kicked out of the game for life. But these guys who for four years defrauded every single people, every opponent they had, and if other people were engaged in it, I'm with you. Throw them out, too. If the Dodgers were engaged in it, if the Yankees were engaged in it, the Red Sox, any individual, throw them out. I'm, well, I'm fine with it. Clean it all out.
4: Can I go first? got to go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I can see you leaving. Uh, Sorry.
4: I'm like that kid. Like, Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast?
0: Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who were
4: we? Packing up early before class.
1: I, I know. Even, uh, I'm the teacher being like, oh, my God, this class. Allie is so done with Um, us. All right, Brendan, why did the Nuggets win the week? Go.
4: The Nuggets didn't win the week, but the NBA won the week because the slam dunk contest was great. The second time in a few years we've seen that. The three-point contest came down to the final shot. Um, they have a new structure in the All-Star game that I think will – Um, really really incentivized playing hard going forward nba all-star weekend was the best it's been in years that's a big big win for the national basketball association
1: okay finish this 24 seconds hold on hold on hold on one last comment the nuggets won the week 46 45 over the abs closest who won the weak poll we've ever had. So give a little victory speech for Jamal Murray returning to the lineup on fire.
4: Yeah, Jamal Murray's on fire. Michael Porter Jr. will re-catch fire when he returns. Nikola Jokic is an MVP candidate. The Denver Nuggets are cooking with grease. And you know what? I'll just say it before I leave. It's a Nuggets town now.
1: <laughs> Whoa, oh. okay. And he runs away. All right, yeah, I mean, it really was the closest poll we've ever had, 46-45 abs were abs for winning four straight games um i'm sorry drew but Whatever, remember man. the titans for being <laughs> a winner of dnvr movie Week. got nine percent
3: it's kind of a lot i know nine nine's higher than i thought we were gonna get come on movie lovers
1: um we had someone else uh, in the comments a b a and b never see How you dare commented you. to steph crying um no. b for straight on the road D, Colorado basketball for their best start ever in 16 ranking. Colorado sports in general, to be honest, is the CU Buffs basketball. Nuggets for four straight. Abs four straight. Hate to jinx it, but I genu- genuinely would not be surprised if we have a parade coming to Denver this summer. The Nuggets also won four straight games. Thank you to everyone who commented on the polls and voted. We will move on to UAJ AJ. Uh, it's a tough week. Um,
0: I don't have to pick the abs, right? No. You pick whatever you want. Can I pick the uh? Can I pick the CU recruits that stuck or uh, stuck around? Yeah. Because I I think the most impressive thing of the lo- over the last week was the maturity that they showed when their world kind of caught fire. Definitely. And you remember that these are 17, 18 year old kids who thought that they were committing to something, and they bought into the, an idea of something that was bigger than themselves, and uh, kind of got it ripped out from underneath them before they ever even got started. And I thought that they showed a tremendous amount of maturity. And uh, I'm as disappointed as I was um, with how everything went. I think it's a, an encouraging sign for the future of CU football.
1: I gave you an extra 10 seconds because it was a fantastic. That was a good answer. All right, Ryan.
2: I, I, I have to change my take now <laughs> because I don't want to make CU fans split their votes.
1: Were you going to do CU basketball?
2: Yeah, I was going to do Tad Boyle one the week, but I'm not going to do Because he that. actually wants to stay? Fine, I'll do it. Do it. Sorry. Yeah. bus fans just band together and pick one, like the recruits band <laughs> together. Um, <laughs> Tad Boyle won the week because not only did he have the major uh, influx of appreciation from CU fans all of a sudden who realized, man – that's a guy who truly loves us, who truly wants to be here, who truly cares about Boulder and this university. Because
1: he also had the same opportunities to leave.
2: Yeah, first two years, he was, uh, people were all over him, and he stayed with the Buffs. He said this is his dream job. He stood by that. Uh, and then – after that, he has the Saturday night game mic'd up where he could not have looked any better. I mean, honestly, someone needs to cl- cut up a highlight tape of that and send it to every player that he's recruiting and say, this is a guy you want to come play for. So, he handled, he handled himself extremely professionally. He looked amazing and, uh, and the Buffs are ranked top twenty in the country, and they're going to be a, a very high seed in the NCAA tournament. Like
3: a minute and a half. Who won I the did league? give you more time <laughs> as
2: well. This is the, the secret. If you, you know, start talking about buff stuff, you're amazing. No, it's, in a, it's like, not what, about is he the buff.
3: we walking the red
1: carpet. We've had a, it's be, it's been a podcast. <laughs> walking the
3: red. He looked amazing. I don't know if you saw who he was wearing, but Tad Boyle, my goodness. he was
1: Tad
2: Boyle in the in Tom, the Tom Ford. VR
0: that day. Yes. Bra.
1: All right. It's but been it's good. been a podcast with a lot of Goodness. a lot of negativity. So I want to keep the positivity rolling. Oh
3: no. Well then why are you going to me next?
1: Oh jeez, true. <laughs> Give me something positive.
3: I was going to say that despair and cynicism, nihilism and the end times have won the week. <laughs> uh, the apocalypse has won the week. Everyone who wants the entire world to burn down has won the week. The stadium series was a disaster. The Avs lost an embarrassing game where the refs were more embarrassing than the Avs were, and then the entire sport of baseball is burning to the ground. We didn't have time to talk about the fact that the baseballs are juiced and the commissioner wants to get rid of 42 minor league baseball teams and doesn't seem to give a damn about small markets and wants to change the postseason into a circus.
2: Don't forget that Mel Tucker left us.
3: Yeah, so despair, cynicism, and nihilism. Have won the week.
1: With that,
3: <laughs> did you say you wanted to end on a positive? Note?
1: Um, I hope that wins. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm going to be able to write that one alone I'm making on a not Can you smell
3: nihil- spell smell? You don't have it's to smell nihilism, <laughs> but you can spell it. The
2: voting options should just be. Isn't it? Na- I thought it's nihilism. <laughs>
3: It, it, well, it depends on if you're German or not. For some reason, I pronounce it in the original okay. German because I was well, taught that philosophy. Like Nicola
2: versus
1: Thank Nicola. you to everyone who has stuck by for these two hours that we have <laughs> talked about all of the craziness that has happened in the Denver sports world. We appreciate you guys always riding along with us because life is truly a roller coaster. Um, Be sure to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast channel so you can get these awesome podcasts as well as bonus pods that we do every once in a while. And be sure to leave us a comment, rating, whatever you want to do, and your questions. On the Denver Sports Podcast, post on thednvr.com. I've said it 75, the seventy-five thousand um, times.
5: The, the, the,
1: and I have lost. I've lost my current panel as everyone's on their phone except <laughs> Drew and Brendan has left. <laughs> so we're gonna end it with that. I
0: have a trade deadline. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have a fantastic rest of the week, everyone, and we will see you next week.
3: about this because i don't eat cheese but that's just because i don't like it so i don't have any dietary research like it'll actually kill Allie. you
2: <laughs> hold, on. hold on you're I gonna have
3: i have this pe- i had to you stand like in that okay I, have, I don't know why this works but i actually do this is the one place where i eat cheese cheese on pizza like if it, apparently if it's combined with tomato sauce and, and bread, bread yeah apparently it doesn't matter to me anymore Drew, I- you were not the first people to be absolutely stupefied by this aspect of my diet what about lasagna <laughs> no
4: sandwiches without cheese, blasphemy.
3: Done. Every time they put cheese on my hamburger, I get upset. But I don't have, like, the like same reason. That's right. I get a hamburger. <laughs> cheese, cheeseburger. What is? No, that's not what I ordered. I didn't order no cheeseburger. But Ali, it will actually hurt her. Yes. Me, I'm just a 33 year old man who doesn't like the taste of cheese.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the difference between someone who got a divorce and someone whose wife left. Though.
1: <laughs> what a comparison, Ryan. I mean, thank thank you for that. I think everyone now understands what Drew is talking about just because of that. Comparison.
0: All of our all of our divorces. Yes, really, exactly. Really just struggling with off. the original cheese analogy.
1: <laughs> Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented. <laughs>